Rogers almost going to fall for Martinez. Antonov trying to get there. Martinez finishes to give away the match. It's an absolute peach from the Paraguayan, Miguel Almiron. Atlanta United in just their second year of existence have won MLS Cup. Special final, Jason Jones from the mothership, thestriker.com, which you should subscribe to at thestriker.com. Joe Patrick, when I went on the game, and Falcons Hell is over there. It's also from Dirty South Soccer sometimes. Oh, boy, Joe Patrick. Hey, look, at least one oh of my gosh. team actually did the job this Dude, weekend, right? How, how crazy was it that it was Atlanta United of all teams that was able to pull one out? I mean, I guess maybe it's maybe nice with the Falcons it was weekend, a little bit of a given, it? but the fact that the Braves couldn't win one, uh, except when Lenny Knight had to come in and save the day, kind of crazy. <laughs> felt like felt like 2018 all over again. The Falcons yeah. are over there losing, Braves are over there blowing leads, and then Atlanta United's putting together a 4-2 win over Toronto. I, <laughs> class, <laughs> that's right. right? That's right. Like, just, just run it all back. Play the hits. You got to oh, do it at least once a year. Hell right? some days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Joe Patrick, I do want to ask, like, Everyone knew that the, the Falcons were going to do that, right? Like you, your first press box experience <laughs> with the Falcons. Everyone knew, right? No, no. In fact, I uh, Dan oh. Matthew from Six Eighty the Fan came over to me and just like whispered in my ear, it was like, "It's so nice to watch a well-coached team." And then, <laughs> and then that happened. It was. I mean, I, you, I still can't. I, I still idiots. understand how that even happened. But I mean. Seems to be oh, the Falcon I, superpower. I, I think everyone should know at this point. Yeah, uh, it's impressive. It's impressive. Juan Oparada's superpower uh, heading the ball into oh my the net when Atlanta I mean, United truly, truly needs it. After he scored his first one, which I think was in a home game against Orlando, that was a set piece from Tiago Amado. That was his first goal. We asked, uh, talked to Dom Dwyer after the game, and he was like, yeah, that's not going to be his, his last goal that we see him score. Didn't expect this. <laughs> Didn't expect him to be Atlanta United's third leading <laughs> scorer at this point, having come in on a summer transfer. Ooh. Wild. Yeah, I think I think my takeaway was like, oh, he he's scoring. This is great. And then it became like, oh, no, he's scoring way more than everyone else. <laughs> what happened this year? How happy should we you be know? about this? No, exactly. Precisely. Exactly. <clears throat> oh, my gosh, man. It, uh... <sighs> Look, he's got, what, six? Tiago Almada has five after his goal that he scored in that game as well. And Luis Eruzu has four. So if you take Juanjo Parada, a center back who arrived in July, and Andrew Gutman, a leftish hybrid wing back striker human who missed three months of the year to injury, combined their goal totals together. That's the same total number of goals <laughs> as Luis Eruzu and Tiago Almada. You're mm. very, very expensive DPs. Mm. Uh, what, do you, what a year in Atlanta. I can't hate what too much on Almada for it. I mean, he is more of a playmaker type. I think he still has like, what, 11 assists? Yeah, yeah, I think it's Eruzu who's really kind of been the lacking producer. And, you know, listen, Joseph, I mean, this team is basically playing without a deep, you know, Joseph is labeled as a DP, but has not played at a deep, at a DP level mm. at, at any single point this year. So I think that has to factor in as well. Yeah. I mean, we're going to dig into it, of course, as we always do on the show, but Atlanta United has never been deeper at backup striker. The problem is that every single striker right now is a really <laughs> quality <laughs> backup. So striker. many backup strikers, you have three of them. So many. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you have three of them and there's no real like discernible difference for the most part. Mm-hmm. When you put any of them in the good news is, I mean, that gets you what you have almost 19 goals from the striker position. This year, if you really think about it, uh, the problem is that that production hasn't been all that great. Yeah, it's it's um, wild to see like the touches like every game, no matter who plays striker. It's like between this one, Dom in 70 minutes. I think he had like 15 touches, which is probably on the low end. But it's Mm -hmm. usually between like 20 and 25, like almost every single game (laughs) for the starting striker, which isn't which is the worst thing as a striker. Right. Right. I mean, yeah, right. I mean, it's kind of system dependent. And I'm kind of wondering if this is just kind of Pineda's system where he likes kind of a poacher in which in that case, I mean, you would think that that would suit a player like Joseph Martinez previously who kind of so, thrived in that kind of role. I'm going to cut you off there because um, Doug Roberson asked you about literally exactly this oh, today. I, I didn't realize. You oh, yeah, I wasn't there and looked at the actual transcript yet. Um, but Gonzalez seemed pretty uncomfortable with the fact that Dom only had like 13, 15 touches, mm. you know? Uh, and obviously I think they wanted more from that, but 
I think he kind of leaned towards like critical chances being the key thing. And right. to be fair, Dom did have two of those, didn't finish those off. Uh, but if you're a striker in that position, it, you should at least be getting those, right? Yeah, I mean, he had 15 touches. He had four shots and set up, had a pass. He set up Gutman for a really great attempt on goal that he just missed on that great dribble that Gutman had. And then he kind of played a one-two mm-hmm. with, with Dom Dwyer there. So, I mean, his touches were pretty valuable, at least. Um, at least he was getting shots off, which is more than we can say about, you know, some of the other strikers throughout, you know, stretches of the mm-hmm. season. He's got like a, he had more of just a presence about yeah. him, to be totally honest. Cisneros, you know he's going to run and all that kind of stuff, and it, it doesn't really just bother you all that much. Joseph is so static at this point that it doesn't bother you all that much. Uh, Dwyer had a little bit more, you notice the runs, I guess. That's such an abstract thing, and it may be totally fake and in my head because Dom is a loud personality, you know, and that's all I'm thinking about, but... Um, it, it looks fine, you, right? You, it, it looked totally yeah. fine. You you posted a video in the Discord of uh, which the world famous Discord, which you can uh, have access to by subscribing to our Patreon at patreon.com slash five strike final. Um, you posted a great video mm-hmm. there of of a really nice ball that Brooks Lennon played into into Dom, but I feel like that ball doesn't get played, and and Brooks may not have the confidence to play that ball if it's not for kind of poacher striker like Dom Dwyer there who made a nice run to kind of get into a position mm-hmm. where he was able to get head on it. Obviously wasn't on goal, but um, you like that kind of service played into your striker like that. Exactly. Exactly. Man, we've gotten all the way into this episode talking about strikers and, and getting deep into what should be sports farm game time. And we haven't even gotten into the big news of last week because holy crap, did so much stuff happened last week <laughs> it feels like a, a lifetime ago now uh, ever since i had actually played a game and won but uh, but i guess we should touch on all of it right now here in business time business time and joe patrick and considering that we haven't had a show on the main feed in a while uh, since last monday or tuesday whenever it was That's right uh, a whole lot happened since then that we should probably touch on i would think right um man where do we begin um miles robinson arrested for misdemeanor theft by taking for a five dollar shot at pbr atlanta in the battery um there's there's a whole lot there that should not make you think any less of of miles robinson is, is how i will frame it that's do we want to dig into it even more any more than that? I think that? we would have already did we already surely we already talked about this uh on the last show and the at least what we knew at that point and the only thing that is well I know I guess there was the report from Seth Fertelny that came out after that uh, but I'm sure everybody's kind of caught up on it now the only thing I think that's like kind of worth mentioning was that Gonzalo Pineda kind of came out and while he's not allowed to say anything specific about the incident just supported miles backed him up in a i would say a pretty clear definite way to media saying as much as he mm. probably was allowed to say at that point and i don't know if we're exactly. gonna hear more much more about this i mean who knows i mean it's so weird because it's just like it's such a minor incident on its face um <laughs> right. we know you know we don't really know the details of what happened in the background but it seems like it could be an unsavory situation so it depends on you know what happens in on that front. But I wouldn't be surprised if the team just kind of wants to put this behind them and not make as much of it as um, not just like not, not put it out there front and center. But um, it's just a unfortunate situation. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it, honestly. We'll go ahead and move on then to a thing. I'm like 99% sure we didn't talk about again. This is all blending together from the last show. Uh, Joseph Martinez suspended for, for one game, did we talk about on the, that on the last show? I, I, I don't think remember. we would have because I think them because we did we, the emergency podcast Wednesday, right? to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we have the emergency, the emergency pod podcast to, on on the you Patreon. can find on patreon.com slash five stripe final. Uh, we kind of discussed it in depth there, found out more as things kind of went on. Uh, Joseph Martinez, according to reporting from Felipe Cardenas, the athletic. Uh, comes into the locker room after the game against Portland, flips the catering table uh, filled with with chicken and rice. Now, kind of infamously, famously, whatever you want to call it, 
and uh, gets into a, a shouting match essentially with Gonzalo Pineda. Uh, Joseph Martinez uh, suspended for for one game for quote unquote conduct detrimental to the team. Uh, Joe Patrick. Any initial thoughts? I did like the comment. I forget who said it in the Discord, but someone was like, this is on the staff for not having other objects in, in the way to Joseph's locker for him to kick and punch <laughs> and destroy instead of the food. <laughs> that was obviously mm-hmm. needed by his teammates after a long game. But um, no, I mean, it seems like the team is not that upset about it. I mean... Tiago Amada seemed pretty nonplussed about it the day when we talked to him. <laughs> literally like, everyone. Yeah. Literally everyone seems um, like. Gutman you as know, well. It, it's like literally like. It, it, it's like if you had like a chore chart at like your house, you know, and someone forgot to take the trash out. And so their punishment is like they have to do it for two weeks now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and right. no one's like mad about it. Right. Everyone just kind of understands that's like the punishment for doing that thing. Everyone seems behind Joseph. Gonzalo Pineda has no issue whatsoever with Joseph Martinez. No one on the team seems to have any issue whatsoever. They just all kind of understand you can't knock over the food. Right. I, I mean, that's the one thing I wanted to say too, is like, I, I still think it was the the correct decision to suspend him for that for a week. And, you know, Gonzalo mm-hmm. Pineda said, it's like, it's one of those moments where um, you can't kind of like back down from, your philosophy of how you're trying to build this team and build the culture. He kept on t- using that word culture quite a bit when discussing this decision. Mm-hmm. And and you can't kind of back down from that when it gets tough, when it's a player who he knows the fans adore Joseph. He knows the kinds of the kind of gravity that he holds within the club, but um, kind of, you just have to, uh, you know, I was say behave yourself, but just like you have to be, just behave in a manner that's professional um, and respectable amongst the team and staff. So um, I support the the decision and hopefully Joseph comes back. I mean, we know he's back in training. He, there were pictures posted from the club yesterday and um, who knows, maybe I'm sure he'll be in the match day squad tomorrow and hopefully he yes. gets on the field and is able to make an impact. Yeah, I saw him with my own eyes today. He's back. OK, it yeah, yeah. all seems fine and he'll be good to go. Who'd you talk to today? Be good to go. We talked to Santiago, Gonzo, of course, and um, Dom, actually. Dom oh, nice. talked, which I thought was interesting. And I, and I wonder if that's an indication of where they're kind of leaning towards mm-hmm. going at striker for the rest of the time. But Gonzalo framed the Joseph suspension in an interesting way. Uh, I wrote about this really in depth on the striker. You can get the striker.com, check that out. One of the quotes that kind of stood out to me was this kind of notion of do you want five goals? Right. Over the next like four, five games is what Gonzalez said. Or do you want a culture set for five years? You know, and that's kind of the framework they were working with there with that suspension. And again, like you said, Joe, I, I totally agree. I think you're totally right. It's just the right call. And any there have just been a lot of weird indications that like there's this rift in the locker room because <laughs> of it or, you know, it, there was the the quote from Juanjo Parada that. Where he did say, like, yeah. <laughs> this is dedicated to I, Joseph. He did, I, in it's fact, so say It's so funny that. because I only caught up on this whole controversy with the <laughs> quote that I think Felipe was the first one to put it out. And then I, I caught all up with it all later because I was kind of busy Saturday night. But it's kind of funny how much controversy there is. Which, over I, it. which is is what he said. Yeah. The problem is that was like. The, the first end. thing that got yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> it know? was kind of at the tail end um, of him talking about it how it's about the whole team and the whole staff and all that dedicated that shit to the grounds crew (laughs) everyone he's like this is for everyone the chef who prepared the chicken and rice exactly even the people in the background is Mm -hmm. what he said Mm -hmm. who um uh, who make this all possible it's like he was doing like a yes (laughs) he was taking his emmy he was taking his emmy we can't do this without viewers like you says Wanho. Listen, um, that got that got wild. <laughs> that just was completely ridiculous. It, it led extra time. I started listening to extra really? time. Oh my goodness! And they were talking. I was like, guys, no. <laughs> it's um, like when, it's like it's like when someone wins an Oscar or an Emmy or something, and they start rattling off all the names of like all the people, and then it's like and they forget somebody at the end that's important. Like oh, and like my wife, right. you know. And it's like oh, well, is this right. an is this an or oh. is this ordered like in terms of. Uh, <laughs> Importance? No, 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 no. Um, Wanho obviously singled out Joseph a little bit in that, and 
I, it was not to like be like we hate Gonzo, we love Joseph. It was like we still love Joseph and we are still a team. We are still unified. No matter what, we understand the situation, uh, but we have to keep fighting and we'll welcome Joseph back with open arms right. when, when the time comes, right? right? That's all that was, guys. That's all that was. Right. Well, and I, I will Ooh. say that my opinion on this whole jo- on Joseph's status at Atlanta United has changed since the news first came out. When the news first came out, I was very skeptical as to whether he would play again for Atlanta United this season, um, just because it did seem bad at the time. But all the context hmm. and just in talking to the players that we you know, all that information that we've received since then points pretty much in the complete opposite direction, which is that he's probably going to slot right back into the role that he was playing before. And which I think is what Gonzalo Pineda always intended. And um, hopefully it works out well. Now, beyond the season, that's a whole different story for for different reasons, not necessarily (laughs) related to overturning uh, the catering table. Exactly. Exactly. So I'll get there again. Just a wild week. Uh, We should add as well that Steve Cannon, the CEO of AMBSE, confirmed to, to Zach Klein of uh, WSB. <laughs> yeah, channel two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. A very um, random source to be reporting this. but we I genuinely can't <laughs> believe it, honestly. <laughs> confirmed to Zach Klein of WSB that Gonzalo Pineda will be staying for next season. It's the right call. It's a pretty obvious call, yeah. it seems like, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, for anyone who was on like a gonzo ouch right that just always seemed misguided and, and not not the reasons for the team's uh deficiencies this season Yeah, i mean i some people have gotten you know when that news came out they told me like they don't necessarily agree with the decision um you know i don't think he's going to start next season I think he's going to start next season on kind of the warm seat. Like, I think like if next season gets yes, going, absolutely. And the that's way, totally fair. Yeah, right, right. Like, I think that if he doesn't get off to not just the start of the season, but if they're midway through next season and things are not really turning around, uh, I think they may reassess at that point. But yeah, I mean, I think it's the right call to bring him back. You got to have some continuity. Like, you can't just keep changing coaches. It, don't, it just it sets you behind even more when you do that. And. <sighs> I'm trying not to be uppity about this, but I've just watched so much damn Atlanta United this year. And over the course of the season, as the team has gotten healthier and as the team has gotten more comfortable with the system, you, you're seeing proof of concept. You really are. Like, I know people like don't believe me, but you're seeing proof of concept and how they execute the tactics and how they can effectively do it. It really I have my whole thing right now in my head about Atlanta's four spots away from being a team that can compete in a major way. And right now, um, I mean, it's going to be tough to get those four spots mm-hmm. because there are a ton of bad contracts. Joe Patrick, Ezekiel Barco <laughs> hasn't scored in like, scored or yeah. assisted in like 14 or 19 <laughs> games. Oh my God. <laughs> um, so I doubt River Plate's going to pick up that loan and extend it in any way. It doesn't seem like. So that's a whole thing to deal with when he comes back. Um, but yeah, it, it's not that far away. You start Gonzo next year. He's on a hot seat. He's on a short leash. That's understandable. But I think you can be rewarded with patience here. I think you can. That's my gut call. Yeah, I've been wrong before. I agree. I agree. I'm the I mean, especially, especially going to be the best part in MLS, so. <laughs> right. especially in the context of this season. Though, like if, if you ever would want to kind of lean on continuity, it would be in a season where the team has just been just so disrupted by all these injuries this year. Uh, I think Gonzalo deserves to, to have another kind of shot um, to get this team firing. Mm. Like he planned initially, you know, I was looking back. I, you know, I've, I've talked a lot about how the team started what like three, they won three of their first five games um, before Ozzy Alonso got hurt. Actually, it was like three of the first four that he played because one of the losses was where they lost three, nothing Colorado didn't play with the heart condition. So, <laughs> Oh, that's right. Yeah. And they were, and my, I guess the point is that they were like clearly preparing for him to be a pretty significant role uh, in this team. And I think that honestly, that was mm-hmm. just, you know, we've talked about it a lot, but that, that hurt them so much. And I think that, um, you know, another reason why Gonzalo, I think, uh, should, should have a, another opportunity to kind of mold this team during an offseason as much as he possibly can to, the, to your point where you got a lot of slots to take care of. Exactly, exactly. I mean, off the top of my head, um, I'm trying to remember those four spots, but striker, 
center back partner for Miles Robinson, uh, roaming midfielder who can actually cover ground yeah. paired with like Santiago Sosa, yeah. Yeah, and then a, a true winger that you can have uh, uh, opposite of Luis Arrugio, whatever side you want to play Luis. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it's a pretty good team, y'all. Yeah. If they can stay from, you know, getting completely obliterated health-wise, yeah. right? Yeah. How is like Fortunately, has, has a team like Philadelphia like they have they been pretty healthy this season? I think about NFL teams. Obviously, the NFL season has just started, and it's like if you look at it, the NFL teams that have the most success are just the one, typically just the ones that have the fewest amount of major injuries. I mean, injuries play a huge role in sports. I mean, I know that that's kind of a a nothing statement there, but it's true. And um, yeah, Atlanta could certainly use some good fortune in that department. And Sam is you okay. Searching it's, for my dog. Like, I, don't know, okay. I don't know where my dog <laughs> is. A, I'm, I'm actually very concerned. You want to take a break? Um, let's go right now to sports. Prime game time. Sports right. time, game time. Sports time, game time. Sports prime game time. Sports prime game time. Sports game prime time. Sports prime game time. Sports prime game time. Sports Prime Game Time, Sports Prime Game Time, Sports Prime Game Time, Sports Prime Game Time, yeah. Okay, I've not said anything, but now that you're back, uh, we can get into Sports Time Prime. Sports Prime Game Time. Um, Juanjo Parata, <laughs> obviously, with the uh, with the hat trick. The man, uh-huh. the man, the myth, the legend. Never seen that before. Got to say, I've never seen a center back score a hat trick before. So that was the first for me in all my years watching soccer. Not only that, but all headers. Yeah, that's right. All headers to the same side of the goal. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I hadn't even thought about that either. That's funny. And it's like all, it was though. every single goal was in the second half, right? In the game. It was it was mm-hmm. nil nil at halftime and then 4-2 final. <laughs> it was wild. <laughs> uh, it's a very Toronto game. I don't want to. I don't want to sugarcoat stuff too much. Toronto is bad defensively. You know, yeah. you, you should tear them apart. But Atlanta United did tear them apart. You know, you end up with like three point six seven xg, something like that. It was, it was, I think it was more than that. year for Atlanta United. Yeah, it was. It, I mean, was, it was like it four was, and a half. <laughs> Maybe it was, it was without the, without the penalty that was missed. It was probably around it was that. Missed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a butt kicking. It was. It was. Um, so we we don't want to take away from that. And there were a lot of really At, quality tweets. Atlanta had 27 shots. 27 shots. You love to see that. <laughs> I know Doug I, Doug Roberson, I love the guy. Um, he always mentions the shots on target as being like the key thing. It's not. It's not the key thing. Maybe it's a. It, maybe it's something worth mentioning if that is a like consistent glaring problem. But typically, you just you just want to see shots. It's like, yeah, you, you just want to see shots, whether they go mm-hmm. on target or off target. It's pretty standard that you're going to have a certain amount that are on target and eventually go in the goal. So twenty seven is a great number. That's like prime tata days. Exactly. And if XG is not your thing, you can kind of look at where those shots are clustered mm-hmm. and see that a lot of those shots were clustered inside the 18 and in the the zone 14 D area uh, at the top of the box. Gonzalo, it's an interesting kind of philosophy on just having like varied attacking uh, processes like he, he wants those long shots at times. He wants the defenses to be worried about those as well as the the chances close uh, and everything like that. Um, just to add an extra element to it, I think I really kind of want to dig into that with him more today when he was talking about it. But just know that some of it is intentional. It's, it's kind of like the thing where uh, Tata was like, oh, we need to cross the ball more. Yeah, and it all more, cross, like, more crosses. That, that was me today with like, oh, we, we like having the, the varied shots from different areas and everything like that, yeah. Um, yeah. which is. Again, extremely sporting Kansas City under Peter Vermes. I don't. I think that's the closest comparison to our tactics right now. Louise Araujo is really the one who was taking some shots from from distance, but I actually I like those shots. And I honestly thought Atlanta was unlucky not to get some bounces that went their way off of saves that were spilled by Vesberg to like into the into their path because there were some that he definitely did spill, but they just there didn't happen to be an Atlanta player in the vicinity, but there very well could have been. And that would have been an easy goal. So that's some of the reasons why you want to take those shots sometimes is just because it just it can it's like, you know, it can be just like throwing a spanner in the works, just like, you know, you just disrupt 
the organization and the flow of um, of the uh, opposition defense. So um, I liked that. I liked Araujo playing on the left side. I thought that it kind of opened up space, mm-hmm. um, space that. Atlanta didn't really take a ton of advantage of. Like, I thought they could have tried to work the ball into Almada in some of those central positions a little bit more. But I still just thought that it gave the team an attacking thrust from that side of the field that they needed. Like, you were talking about one of the slots they have to add is that kind of winger opposite him. But I thought they were almost able to kind of make that work with Brooks Lennon kind of being that winger on the right. And he was that opposite winger. And they were getting some some good... um, yeah, some good thrust. I always like that you kind of use that word. So it's like that's where the that's where the attack is kind of being generated from. And I thought it was effective. Ask Gonzalo about this today, and he gave a good answer about it that I'll post in the Discord and probably on Twitter later as well. But of course, it, it's obvious, right? Like you want uh, Louise being able to, to stretch the field and run in behind folks and keeping him from often getting too central, right? And having to great from there um that, that's not really what gonzalo was looking for and when you put it, louise on the left the entire team just kind of becomes more direct by just the flow of the game mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and how everything is set up um Jibetric, i get numbers on that if you want Let's it hear them. if you want it i'm not going to say the actual numbers because you won't care but Atlanta United in this game their second most direct game other than the sporting kansas city game they won the very, very beginning of the year, mm-hmm. right? Oh, uh, such, if a, we're looking such a great at, day. <laughs> such a great day, right? If we're looking at the passes per possession, right, which is usually a pretty good measure of directness, uh, second lowest of the year. Um, if we're looking at the average duration of each possession, right, somewhere around like 13, 14 seconds for Atlanta United. Generally, they've been like the slowest team in the league that isn't Austin. Yeah as far as the length yeah. of their possessions, uh, much, much slower this time. Again, second slowest of the year. So the numbers back it up. The eye test backs it up. They were being more direct. They were being quicker. They were being more decisive. So second most one-touch passes of any game this season for Atlanta United as well. I think there was just a clear understanding of what to do and how to move quickly with it. And this one, and even if some of your principles didn't come off, like Atlanta Knight loves to get the ball in his own 14, that area above the penalty arc. Uh, in this game, they had five touches inside the penalty area or inside the, the zone 14 area, right? That's their lowest of the season. But they were able to work the ball in the primary assist uh, zones plenty, right? So mm-hmm. they were mm-hmm. able to find other ways to execute their concepts, and that was really well done. Um, so yeah, Joe Patrick did, like, obviously more direct and overall just pretty solid i i don't have too many complaints do you no uh i have a question for you do you think that you know it seems to me like there might be a connection between the team getting the ball in the zone 14 one of at one of the lowest rates of the season and them having 27 shots it's almost like it's, it seems counterintuitive because typically shots are generated from that zone 14. But I wonder if like they were, you know, they were able to just exploit those white areas so much. I wonder if for this team, maybe that's a more effective way. I don't know. What do you think? I think, I think some of their best games of the year, they've gotten the ball in the zone 14 a ton, mm-hmm. you know, um, like that, uh, the Columbus game in particular stood out for me as a game where they bought work the ball in the zone 14. A bunch, and they got a point against the crew on the road in a game they should have won. Mm-hmm. You know, True. Um, I think this is more about just kind of taking what was given to you, and what Toronto was given to yeah, you was that's probably that's right. Easy transition opportunities and chances to get wide and exploit some pretty not great fullbacks and Michael Bradley's inability to cover any area but the the area he was dropping into, which was zone fourteen. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I think you just spread a slow team out and you beat them. Yep. I think. And you took advantage. That of makes it. sense. That makes sense. One other thing I wanted to mention about this game. Um, Sadich, I thought, played well again alongside Santiago Sosa. I thought Santiago Sosa had yep. a great game. Uh, really was doing a lot more of the uh, those long switches, which really helped the team, especially having those wingers super wide, uh, was able to find those guys in some space. But I think Amar Sadich is the best midfielder that this team has to play alongside Santiago Sosa. I just feel like his game, his skill set fits 
just matches compliments Santiago the best. And it's a bad look for Mateus Rosetto. Like Mateus Rosetto hasn't been out for a while now. Maybe he's not fit, but you know, both he and Marcelino Moreno are just kind of seems like they're floating around in no man's land right now. They're floating around the no man's land. Emerson Heinemann is still out, you know, yeah. and those are Hosetsu and Heinemann are still both just not productive contracts right yep. now. And so Alien United needs to take a hard look at that when they go in the season because the guy who's on the minimum salary is, like you said, Joe Patrick, it's the best pairing right now. Um, and it kind of hints at what the mold is, I think, for that partner for Santiago Sosa going forward because Sadis does cover a lot of ground and he is willing to be progressive. I just want like a like a like a Super Saiyan version. Oh yeah, totally, Hitch. totally. Like I mean, you he's know? he's still most definitely like a role player. He should be a role player. He should be. Mm-hmm. He should have a roster spot on this team next year, but he should not be probably playing as much as he is right. this year if the team wants to really compete for a championship. Uh, he should be the Kevin Kratz guy, you know. I don't know if he actually is Kevin Kratz where you want to bring him on late, but you know, he should be playing like a, a bit part role kind of like he did. Exactly. Exactly. Which would be totally fun. That's good roster construction. Right. Yep. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of any other complaints I can add. I do want to point out about Sosa that we talked to him today and I asked him just straight up if he felt he was healthier than he was last year. And he said, yeah, no, I'm, I'm at a much, much better place health wise mm. than I was last season. And that confirms a, a theory for me and a suspicion that I think we both had is that he just wasn't, wasn't healthy at all towards the end of last season. And you could tell in his play. And now we're seeing a healthy Sosa. He looks really fit, uh, just kind of up close, right? He looks fit when you watch him uh, on tape and everything like that. And it's a, it's not a prototypical midfield piece to work around, right? It's not the kind of in vogue midfield piece to work around, but it's still a very, very capable midfield piece to kind of build around if you're Atlanta United moving forward for, for the next couple of years, at least, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are a lot of problems that this team has right now, and he's not one of them. Like, he's definitely mm-hmm. a piece that you can, um, yeah, that you can win a championship with, I think, uh, if you put the right players around him not necessarily the team has to revolve around him but i think that he can um be a really really solid piece and really improve his value i think there aren't a ton of players who are doing that right now for atlanta united so that's good news i think if we're going to be crediting people as well i think alan franco has been playing a lot better as of late um i was especially i especially thought that he did a good job kind of Doing a lot of the the building up, I, I was a little bit worried about Atlanta coming into this game with Raul Godinho at the back and then playing alongside uh, Juanjo Parata, who's not a ball playing center back uh, at all. And, you know, kind of having that triangle at the back with only one who's really comfortable on the ball and being Alan Franco, I thought that he did a good job um, and he's been playing at a, at a consistent level here now for six weeks or so. So good job to him. Um and I still don't know what to make of Godinho. I know people probably have questions about that, but the sample size is he, still he really, so limited. Like <laughs> he really hasn't had any opportunities to to make yeah. uh, a save. The one that he did have an opportunity to make save on, he did. Yeah, that's it. He's had one shot that's actually been savable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. The Toronto goal uh, was this goofy thing where Parada slid and the ball bounced back to IO, and IO finished to an open net because it was just clumsy and awkward from everybody. Um, missed a penalty. That's it. That that was all of Toronto shots on goal. Portland had the one shot on goal, other than the penalties. You know, mm-hmm. so we know he's maybe perhaps not great at saving penalties now. But beyond that, I got nothing. Something else that stood out to me in this game, as good as Andrew Gutman has been in this left center back role, and I think that he could very well, you know, continue to to play that role from time to time. It just struck me like this is re- like playing as a left back and a back four. That's really his sweet spot, and I think that's it's the the best role for him. The problem is that Atlanta United, some, they don't. I mean, their quality is not consistent throughout the field. They've got like you know kind of a log jam there on, at left back with both he and Caleb Wiley. Um, they're gonna have to figure out that playing time going into next year because obviously both are gonna be super valuable for this team. But I just want to also shout out him as well. Yeah, no, for sure. Do want to point out that Wando Parada has a option. The team has an option to extend his loan through 2023. 
Like, it's not like they have to, like, do anything special. They can just extend the loan through 2023. And then they have a purchase option on top of that. Right? So they kind of finesse Tigress here, I think. I've never heard of just a loan being able to be extended for another extra season. Yeah. Like that. Uh, But they've gotten a pretty good player out of it. So credit to the front office and Cross Buchanegger for for having that in the works. And Gonzalo Pineda seemed to indicate after the game that Juan Operata is in the plans for next season. At least he said he wanted them to be. Yeah. He indicated that anyway. I can't say that for sure. Yeah. But the indication was that Juan Operata will be back next year. Well, and I think that's that's a great third option. Right, exactly. Back, yeah, 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 totally. And to me, it's like it's not the, the hat trick that's bringing him back. It's not any of the goals that's bringing him back, in my opinion. In my opinion... It is that anecdote that Gonzalo Pineda told that one time about Juan Operata taking other players into the gym with him. That is that mm-hmm. is the kind of kind of culture that Gonzalo Pineda is trying to instill in this team, what he likes to see. And so um, and he's clearly like everybody loves Juano. I mean, he's a, he's a good guy. I remember his first game. He came on. It was like a terrible. Oh, it was the Austin game. It was the Austin game. <laughs> he was one of the only players who spoke to media in the locker room after that game before Joseph had his whole thing, uh, which mm. was just why I felt bad for him. I was like, dude, you're everybody's leaving this guy out to dry. Like he just got here. Nobody even knows him. And he's like <laughs> having to talk to media after a three 0 loss. It's actually, I was like, anyway, so yeah, good guy. Good for the club. Agreed. You want to get to some questions? Good for the club. Yeah, and good for us right now is a quick break. Before we get to all of the questions that I have, we did just want to uh, let you guys know that this part, this podcast is presented by Lucid FC. That's Lucid Footwear and Clothing. They have a shop in Buckhead, which is open by appointment and walk-ins 1 to 8 p.m. daily at 3209 Paces Ferry Place. You can use DSS as your season-long promo code for free shipping in the United States if you are shopping on their website, which is LucidFC. US. They have new releases every Thursday on that website where you can go check out the stuff they've got. They've had really cool stuff every Thursday that we've been kind of highlighting on the show. Um, and they're preparing for an exciting World Cup season, uh, which is kind of crazy. I'm now seeing the ads, by the way, for the World Cup, which is like, oh, yeah, totally forgot that the World Cup is coming. Uh, so follow Lucid FC on social media at Lucid FC. That's at Lucid F. To stay up to date on upcoming scheduling and events for all the stuff they're going to have going on around that. So, yay. All right. So, Patrick, we have some great questions. I feel like, sh- should I be asking these? <laughs> we didn't, yeah, we didn't really so. ask for questions. So, I'm asking questions. Oops, sorry. Uh, Sam, on a scale of one to 10, how would you rate the overall performance of the game? Seven. This is such a lame question. I think it's a bad team. I think he beat up on a bad yeah. team uh, who didn't have their second best player. You know? Everybody was really uh, happy about the four goals, obviously. But I was like, I was a little nonplussed. I mean, it was still good. I, I would probably say something similar, like a six or a seven, honestly, for me. Can I be real? Yeah. Like, I think I think so much of my attitude coming into that game was they're going to win, aren't they? And we're still going to have to talk about the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. And so the whole time I was yeah. kind of approaching it like goofily. I guess mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I, I was pretty punchy about everything mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I think that kind of colored my view of everything as it was happening, going back and watching the game the second time it, there was a lot of positives there and I want to be fair to, to everyone involved there because there were, yeah, you know? Yeah, I agree. And I think honestly, I think we may have touched on this in the last podcast, but like once college football season starts up and Atlanta United is not like, running rampant in the league it's like it's kind of very easy to be like mm-hmm. yeah just kind of sarcastic oh, yeah. about the I mean, whole thing was, was i definitely checking the the florida kentucky score <laughs> yeah. like the entire game yeah. yes yes i was because i'm me and i like when florida loses so it, there, there was a bit of distractions there we have to be real about it uh but yeah you know what uh, just keep getting proof of concepts out there. Keep building everything, and, and hopefully there's some momentum going yeah. in the next season. Yeah, right. Yeah, just don't maybe beat Orlando on Wednesday. Don't get shellacked as best you can by Philadelphia at home on Saturday, and just just get this car into the garage, man. <laughs> just get this car into the garage. Little, it's, it's on fire. But I'm a little optimistic. I mean, we'll see what happens on Wednesday tomorrow. Uh, but I'm a li- I'm a little optimistic about 
Philadelphia. I mean, I know that that result didn't end up looking good at all for Atlanta when they went there, but they played them really well for an hour and then it kind of fell apart. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, we ha- I had another question about Joseph, but we already kind of talked about this and we agreed. But let me just reformat the question like this, which is just which of these strikers do, do you want to see play for the rest of the year? Like starting uh, on it. Juan Prada. <laughs> let me throw one in here. Jackson Conway. Okay. Do you think he plays? No. I think he might play. I don't think he I, plays. I think he, might, I I think he might play if they're eliminated at some point this season. I think we trick ourselves into thinking that like <laughs> yeah. the twos players are going to get called up every now and then and it just never happens. So I'm done kind of doing that. Yeah, you know you what? Know. I haven't even checked the twos schedule. I don't know how many games they have left. Um, yeah. To know, like, I will say that Dom is kind of playing for his contract he has a team option to extend for next season Mm -hmm. um he's on the minimum i'd imagine he's back next year as long as he wants to be Mm -hmm. um i'm not quite sure about that uh but we'll see right so i would imagine dom gets the majority of the starts until atlanta united is eliminated at that point uh, who knows man but probably not jackson conway yeah yeah Yeah. i'm gonna keep the the jackson conway hype is still there's a, it's still a flame in my heart somewhere. He's got some deep he's somewhere. Got a, he's deep got down. a Brandon Vasquez esque makeup. Joe Patrick. <laughs> I'm just going to point it out. <laughs> he does. He does. He'll be uh, starting in the 2028 uh, World Cup. Is that what? It, or 2026? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't do math. That would be sick if he was playing in the 2026 World Cup. <clears throat> in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Um, okay, so we have an actual question. Our one actual question comes from the Discord from uh, Bad Com Exantos. He says, so on Saturday, we still had a lot of possession, but it was a lot more direct, and honestly, a lot of it felt like Toronto didn't even want to have the ball. Also, Pineda said after the game that this is how it's going to be going forward. We score more than them, but we're also going to concede some like a deviation from the hold the ball to play defense rhetoric. He kept repeating all year. Any chance this is not a coincidence after the chicken rice dispersion event? Uh, It has nothing to do with the chicken and rice thing. Yeah, it has nothing to do with Joseph. Um, It has been a part of the plan because I asked Gonzalo about it today. And he laughed when I asked, like, if it was, I said something to the effect of, like, was it the plan to be more direct? And he laughed and said, it's always the plan, Sam, <laughs> you idiot. Um, he didn't know that last part. I did. Uh, they they want to be quick. They want to be direct. And, uh, you know, the idea is to capitalize on the moments when they're offered to him. And Toronto offered those moments plenty, right? And Atlanta did the job, did the job. As far as, like, Toronto not wanting the ball, that's not their MO at all. They're trying to be high possession. They aren't necessarily good at it, right? But they're trying to be that LEFC version uh, of uh, Bob Bradley's teams, you know, with, with Insignia and Bernardeschi and everything like that. Um, Italian LEFC. Atlanta was just better. Exactly, right? Atlanta was just better. Insignia wasn't there. Uh, and Atlanta outplayed them. That, that's all it was, really. I, I don't think we can say that, like, I don't know if Toronto was completely miserable getting forward or anything like that. Atlanta was just outplaying him. Yeah. That's my thoughts on that. Yeah, I agree. I think as far as the, um, you know, we're going to score more and also concede versus like playing defense or, you know, being hard to play against. Um, I think that that kind of he's, how do I say this? Um he, I, I think he, he like he understands that his vulnerability is just defensively, just personnel wise. Like he's just you know you're on your like what fifth goalkeeper you've used this year. Um, you've got you know kind of mistake prone players at the back. I think that he just understands that it's very unlikely that his team is going to keep a clean sheet. So go forward and try to try to score. Uh, there have definitely been times this season where the team is taking that too far, and I think that he's got he's had to try to you know rein it back in. And that's why he said that at times. But I think generally he yeah, he, he knows where this team's bread is buttered, where their most effective pieces are. And that's kind of in the attack. So they're going to try to exploit that as much as possible. Um, Who's our next question? Our from? next question comes from Rob Usry, who says, can we trade for more buyouts? He said this on Twitter somewhere because <laughs> we're going to need no. them. But, you know, and, and, you get one. and then I said, but seriously, how is Atlanta going to handle players coming back like Barco and Eric Lopez? I mean, it seems like Occam's razor with this, right? Like, 
You're going to take a bath. That's what you're going to do. You're just going to lose a mon- bunch of money. It's a huge <laughs> bath, but what else are you going to do? Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> you know? I mean, you've, you've exhausted your options. Would it be insane to like re-sign Barcode to a DP contract and then immediately send him back out on loan just to see if he ever, it, it would be a crazy move. I'm, I'm just saying this kind of in jest, but because I don't know what else you would do. Like um, normally teams that would be in this situation, if they're still a young player like Barcode, they would probably re-sign him to another contract. Um, and continue to try to develop him. But it's a lot harder to do that in MLS where you have these DPs, you know, um, designations around you. Have we you considered and, that he's just not good, though? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I like, think that I mean, that's he's definitely got so on the many table. Opportunities yeah. to, to, to be good. Yeah, he could just this. be like a... Uh, um, who's the guy? Uh, Ravel, Ravel Morrison, Ravel, uh, Ravel Morrison yes, for uh, uh-huh. DC United, who was like a uh, touted playmaker in the Premier League for a while, and then it was just like, oh, maybe he's just like not that good, and he just pulled right. out some skills sometimes in Premier League games. And um, <laughs> I mean, again, there was a guy who played for Tottenham, Adel Terap, like who like turned out to be like a QPR level player, but they everyone thought he was like yeah. a amazing young prospect for a while. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, I am on that side of it with Barco at this point. It's very interesting. Exactly. I think so it's very you, telling you to see something. how he's been playing with River Plate in a place yeah. he should theoretically just be able to play well, you know, that would mm-hmm. kind of suit him. But doesn't seem to be the case. Exactly. And then Eric Lopez has played like 100 minutes. He's played like 111 minutes this year. <laughs> the entire season. Joe Patrick, who is he playing for? I generally don't I know. Actually, no. It's, it's Banfield. It's where uh, Eric Romani oh, okay. played. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's actually not playing there very often. He's only has like six appearances. So, and he's on like 500K. I think he's a, he would still qualify as a, a U22 player. So it's not like he necessarily counts against um, Atlanta's salary budget, like 500K. But man, I just, I don't know what to do there. Um, but Atlanta has no more U22 spots. So unless you buy down Mascara and keep Lopez <laughs> in that U22 spot. Which I'm not I sure think, one that you can do. Two, why? I think Lopez will most likely stay on loan. Probably, huh, I don't even know if Banfield would want to keep him, honestly. But I think the most likely thing with him, they probably have him on a pretty long term deal. When was he signed? 2020? Yeah, so I think that he probably. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> do you remember what they tried to do with that? Because that shit was funny. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, they signed him and tried to like make him like a twos player, and then they were gonna like loan him from the twos to the first team. I'm I'm sure I'm misremembering this, but I remember it was very convoluted, mm-hmm. and they couldn't do it. He, it was against the he rules. He went on, on like Argentine <laughs> radio and was like, "No, I'm a first team player." <laughs> right? Yes, <laughs> spectacular. Look, the, the thing with all of this is, I just don't think you can half measure this with all these bad contracts. Yeah. I don't think this is something that like. Well, we'll we'll hang on to to Hosetsu, but we'll maybe like get rid of Emerson and like save that for next year or whatever, right? Like either get these things off the books by taking just a big plunge all at once, you know? Yeah, I agree. Arthur Blank is no other option there, actually. I I said either and there was no (laughs) other option. (laughs) That's because there is no other option, Sam. That's just yep. Arthur Blank's going to have to burn $15 million. That's just how it is. Yep. Hey, that's like worth what? One Desmond Ritter or whatever. He's fine. Yeah. Um, speaking of future player, Atlanta United players is futures. Marcelino Moreno has played. What was the stat that you dropped? 212 minutes in the last nine games. I don't know. It's nine something games like or something like that. So yeah. he doesn't seem to be in the plans. And I mean, uh, he's not even coming off the bench at this point. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. 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 And Gonzalo, and I haven't noticed me. I have not noticed. <laughs> right. Right. That's the, that's the interesting thing is it's not like there's some yeah noticeable drop off um, without a player like him. I think Gonzalo is trying to be nice and be like, he's a talented player, but I'm just not choosing him. But I think that that also mm-hmm. is just like, yeah, he doesn't really help us. He's not being chosen. Well, I, I've, I am fully bought in the conspiracy theory that like they are saving him for a deal like down the line. Right. And I think right, it's a like, long like they already decision. have something arranged pretty much. Or at least think they can. 
you know, mm-hmm. and so perhaps avoiding injury is a priority for them. Mm-hmm. Thinking long term, they would never, ever, ever say that. Right. Yeah. But that's my thinking right now, because he can clearly help you in, in a, a situation where you're down, especially as a sub like, you can play playing for yeah, 30 exactly, minutes. Right. Yeah. Like for all of his faults, he is that at the very least. Right. A person that could help you score off the bench. Yeah. So any the, the next reason, right, is the one we've come to, which is that probably going somewhere. Yeah. There was the rumors about Boca Juniors. Yeah. Raquel may want some at Boca. Um, so we'll see. I think that that is almost certainly the case, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> Which great, because then there's another bad contract. That's that's one gone. You have you have like eight more. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, last one, winner Joseph and Gonzalo having their celebrity death match, considering how much they hate each other's mere existence. Ridiculous. <laughs> Man, people... <laughs> it, it did, going back to the Wanho thing, his second goal, he scores and runs over to the bench to celebrate with Gonzo. Yeah. yeah. Losing my mind, Joe Patrick. <laughs> Losing my mind that that became a it's thing. It's all going to be okay. It's all going to be okay. It is. Probably. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah. All right, Joe Patrick. It's all going to be okay for us. We're going to get out of here in just a second. But first, I want to plug patreon.com slash five stripe final. I want to thank Kurt Castle for the intro of the song is chances you can find him on spotify and anywhere else you find music we'll be talking about orlando on the five strike final yes patreon awesome. whenever i get back from orlando pray for me yeah yeah i don't know if anyone has rex i'm like what to do for six hours in orlando <laughs> oh gosh let me know i i figure i'm just gonna be like stuck at like a chili's and then you like open the door to exit the chili's and it's just another chili's <laughs> and then you just open the door yes. and it's just another chili's <laughs> and the, and the, the doors keep frightened. on getting like yeah. smaller like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly um, until you're just stuck in the chili's man there's no more doors by the way apologies for this coming out so late our schedules now that football season started up for me, it gets tough. So this is probably not the last time where you're going to get a little bit of a late podcast. So Sam's got a busy Monday working for MLS. I mean, I've got a, there's only what two more games yeah, after this week. Yeah, so yeah. Y'all too much. Deal with it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so there you go. Did you want to plug striker stuff? Yes. Uh, the striker.com go ahead and check it out. You can get a free 30 day trial when you go there. Uh, Joe Patrick, I think you can use the code stank to get thirty nice. percent off the striker, uh, it's super cheap anyway. I don't even know what thirty percent actually is. It's probably like a dollar. Um, so go ahead and check it now out. I'm gonna have I've to change all the coming. DSS passwords. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hey, that um, used to be. That used to be. Some of those might actually be close. Actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oops. Uh, look, uh, I got stuff coming out every day. It's really in depth. Uh, I mean, I cranked out like four thousand words just this morning on Atlanta United. Uh, I'm trying to give you uh, some stuff that maybe the, the other outlets aren't. Uh, not that those outlets are, are lesser in any way. I'm just trying to do some different stuff. Uh, so go and check that out. And hopefully you enjoy it and stick around for a while. Uh, Hell yeah. Yeah, I think that's all I got. Joe Patrick, anything else you want to nope, add? That's it. Let's get out of here. All right. Let's get out of here. Bye, y'all.